Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Today we get these readings on healing. We hear about healing so much in Scripture. We pray for healing. We, we hope and long and desire for healing. Yet these stories are not normal healing stories. We hear about those who aren't allowed to be healed or struggle with that healing. And of course we start with Naaman. This is a pretty well-known story. He is a, a Syrian and a commander of the Aramean army. And he has had victory over the, the Israelites in battle, right? So to the Israelites, he's probably not seen as a good guy, right? So he writes this letter because he has leprosy and he wants to be healed, okay? So he's a mighty warrior, powerful, well-respected, all of these things. And yet, he has this thing that separates him from others, and we, we hear in this that the king reads this. And now, imagine if you're the king of Israel and you get a letter from this guy that says, by the way, I'm coming for you to heal me after you have done what you have done to my people. Probably a little bit nerve-wracking. Not maybe a great proposition for him. And then Elisha steps in and says, no, 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 tell him to come and we'll heal him and we'll take care of this. Let him know that there's this thing that's going to happen. Simple. Go wash yourself in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. It seems simple, and yet he becomes so indignant because he is a powerful warrior, he expects this man to come out and, as it says, I think it exactly, wave his hands and heal me. Right? Kind of get the vision of a televangelist throwing things and yelling and screaming. He wants something to be impressive in his healing. He wants something glorious in his healing. And then we find out he's angry because he doesn't get that, and he simply gets to go to the river. It's so easy. But he was probably thinking, wait, you want me to go wash in the Jordan River? This wasn't like a resort, right? Dirty, gross. And he's probably thinking, you know, that's where I'm going to meet God and be healed? In that horrible, gross place? Imagine if you needed some healing and Jesus said, oh, go wash seven times in the Arkansas River. <laughs> no. I remember in high school going in there and you could feel stuff on your legs burning. It wasn't healthy. It kind of reminds me of the Karate Kid because... Daniel Russo wants to learn karate, and he wants to learn karate yesterday. And he goes to Mr. Miyagi to learn, and what does Mr. Miyagi have him do? Wax cars. Yes. He doesn't get to do the glorious thing until the end when he has done the work. Why do we have to make things so difficult in our lives? Even Naaman's servant says, but, 
But Father, if he would have asked you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? And yet he just simply says, go wash in the river and gave you a simple task. Why do we do that to ourselves? Because I think we expect God to give us amazing things all the time. We expect this thing to be so grand. However, God often works through the things in our lives that seem insignificant. Or in our own experience seem like a reversal or maybe even a loss. That's where God works. Why then do we continue to get in our own way? It's almost like we want it to be difficult, right? We don't want it to be easy because we want to prove that we can do it. It almost insults our pride when we are given something like going to the river and immersing yourself seven times to be healed of an illness because we don't want it to be easy. We don't want ease. We want God to do this magnificent thing. Luther said, the only thing we contribute to our own salvation is sin and resistance. When I heard that recently, I, it almost took my breath away. Because what he's saying is the only thing we contribute to our salvation is a giant problem instead of just getting out of our own way and allowing God to do what God does that we cannot do. Well, like us, Naaman meets God in an ordinary way and an ordinary place. He is healed in an ordinary fashion, and there is nothing spectacular or flashy about it. Nothing. He just goes to the river. Sorry, I'm having to deal with a pen I'm not used to there. So once he finally relents and he's healed, we are told that his skin is like that of a young boy, complete and total healing. And he returns home and illustrates what has been done for him to his people. Okay, now the gospel message. We've all heard this story, I think, about the ten lepers and nine that don't come back. Right? Over time, I've always heard that this is the perfect story to tell people to be thankful for God for everything you have. But that is not the point of this story. It is just not. Of course, we're supposed to be thankful to God, and we should be thankful to God. But all ten of those lepers are healed because God loves them. Jesus doesn't have a clawback clause in his healing. If you go away, the healing doesn't stop. If you don't come back to say thank you, oh man, that didn't work, now I have it again. That's not how it works. They're healed because he wants to heal them. Because Jesus heals everyone. Now the one that returns, the Samaritan, right? He's got two strikes against him. He's a Samaritan and he is a leper. Those two things alone would put him at the bottom of the totem pole, right? He is at the absolute bottom. But he understands that he is viewed as less than. He understands that he has no leverage of power. But he returns because he is aware of his need. And realizes that his healing is pure grace. And wants to return 
and praise Jesus. That's what this story is about. He didn't believe before he was healed, yet he had faith. And Jesus tells him, your faith is what made you well. His return to Jesus and his prostration in front of Jesus is the most vulnerable thing. And it was an act of confession. It was his profession in belief in Jesus and this God of love and healing. And that healing shows Jesus giving us a new heart, a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. The nine that went away are still healed. And I'm sure they were grateful. But here's the difference between the nine and the Samaritan. They were healed from the outside in. Their leprosy was taken away and they were healed. But the Samaritan was healed from the inside out. It wasn't about a physical healing for that man. It was about Jesus changing his heart and giving him a new way of life. That's what our Christian faith is all about. It is not about what we have done, but what has been done for us. Amen.